to welcome to Chris Talks. Uh, I forgot what episode this is, but I'm here with Ozuna. What's up, man? Not the rapper, not the not, not the, the artist. <laughs> Just, uh, Just a guy who happens to have the last name as in Ozuna. Yes. Exactly. His name is Chris. Would you consider yourself a hype beast? Not really, not at all. So, not a hype beast, but... We haven't, I happen to have the same taste as some hype beasts. I mean, only when it comes to shoes. Only when it comes to shoes. The only quote-unquote hyped brand that I would like, that a lot of other hype beasts would like, I guess would be Cause. But even so, I don't see that many people wearing Cause like that anymore. Unless it was like a Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we're here to ask him about hype beast culture. How he get into it. Or, we wouldn't even say how he got into it, but how he gets the stuff that he wants. And how he buys it and how he gets to the stuff. So let's start it off. Like, how do you feel about Supreme? Uh, it's an okay brand. Realistically speaking, honestly speaking, it's an okay brand. I only see it from a financial per- uh, I only see it from a financial perspective. I don't really see it as a really out there brand. Like, oh my God, what they do is crazy, or anything like that. I don't see it as revolutionary. I just see it as a brand that I can buy and sell at the end of the day. Because you know, but I I understand why Supreme is crazy. Um, do you want me to explain that part? Yeah, of course. Why not? So, James Jebbia, the founder of Supreme, once said that if they can sell 400 of it, if they can sell 600 of it, they'll make 400. So, this idea of supply and demand started early, early on when it comes to Supreme. And they started this... I'm trying to recall as I'm thinking about it, too. They started. They just started using this, this, um, this tactic in order to sell off all their stuff. And already Supreme itself had a cult following back in um, back in the early stages of New York skate, you know, the skate scene. And then what really, really put it on the... It was already, it was already crazy in its own, it, within New York. But what really put it on the map was the um, 2003 collab with Nike where they had like the, um, the Cement 3 SB Dunks. That sort of what started off the whole chain reaction with Supreme and what, and then their consistent collaborations and limited stock made it such a desired brand i couldn't personally tell you how i got to the skill that it does today to the point where their where their box logos their most most hyped up piece of um streetwear goes for like almost a thousand dollars i don't know how i got to that point but yeah hopefully that answers your question i don't think it did but okay A lot of people don't understand it. That's a big fact. Like it's it's a skate it's a skate brand, which is what a lot of people forget. Even when I first heard about Supreme, and I was surprised I was surprised that they you know did skateboard things and all of that. When in hindsight, they were originally and always will be a skate shop. That's all that they are. All that they are. They only became as big as they were because of their scarcity of products and how big it's gotten. How it became a, a status symbol. Um, Going back to your original point, where I sort of lost track again. What did you say again? Even you lost track. That's crazy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We were talking about... um, Oh, people don't get the brand. That's a lot of things. Here's the thing. It's a trend. You don't... like. You just follow it. You don't care about where it came from. You just go with where, where it's going. 
Like, people don't care about how Gucci started. People will never be that invested into Gucci. They care about Gucci because it's a status symbol. It's a status symbol. Same thing for Rolex. Same thing for Louis Vuitton. Thanks for all of these high, high, high end brands. You don't really, nobody really cares about it. It's a trend at the end of the day. They only care about what's, that, they only care about the fact that it's popular now. They don't. They don't at all. I can tell you right now, from a, for a certainty of a fact, that is that they don't. They wear it because it's popular, literally because of that. Because all big celebrities are wearing it. Because it's always, uh, it's like, like you know, streetwear is a big thing with kids. You see it all over Instagram. You see it all over. Yeah, you see it all over Instagram, which is a free marketing tool for Supreme to just get its product known out there. I saw, I remember seeing a documentary on the nature of reselling that sort of went into depth about this and how, you know, it became this big as it did. I mean, you could look at Bape, for example, and how it became popular. It became, it became popular exactly how, how like, Supreme came, became popular. Starting with limited, fuck, I really am going all over the place. It, it started with a limited amount and then, you know, that, be, that made it become more desirable. So I guess the reason why people like, you know, brands such as Supreme and Bape is only due to the fact that there's not enough of it. You, so the people who wear it feel like an, an individual because, you know, not many people have what they have. That's how I'm starting to see it as. Because every time somebody looks at my shoes or they're, like, they, because I usually buy hyped up shoes to some people, they, they look at it like it's, like, like Jesus on my feet like something ridiculous like they look at it they put it on such a high pedestal for some reason and I never understood why They, they, they care about their image more than they care about what's... The idea of their image more than anything else, I suppose. Yeah. It's weird. Ironically enough, as you mentioned, minimalism, the owner of Supreme is a minimalist. He has a house in Greenwich Village and there's not one piece of Supreme inside. If you search it up, you can see it. It's like really, it's like all white walls, paintings, famous paintings, cost millions of dollars. Not minimal in that regard, but it's still like, you know, you, he doesn't have anything hype out there. People just buy it because it makes them think that they're cool. 
That's how I see it. So, he's talking about how you got into it. Supreme? I came across it as a meme. I just saw memes about it, and then, you know, I, I really didn't give a shit about it then. Still don't now. I I only learned about it through memes, and then I really started watching some documentaries on the uh, on resale, like, you know, people waiting in line for Supreme, and why, they, and why they liked it so much. Even something really, really weird is that when, when I watched, like, back when, um, okay, so Complex used to have this little scene where, you know, you know not scene, a video, where they would just interview people who just lining up for Supreme, and the the host would just ask, "Why do, why are you here for it? Because it's Supreme. That's the only justification that they have. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the history. They don't care about none of that. They just care about the fact that it's trendy." Uh, God damn, I went on a tangent again. But yeah, I only got into it because of the resale. Only because of the resale. Because I can make money off of it. I've for week zero, I bought a Madonna t-shirt for $48 and sold it same day for $170. A t-shirt. Literally a t-shirt. I don't know why people put it on a pedestal, but yeah. I also have a few things that I have on hold. I have the Supreme Motion Logo Varsity, which I'm waiting to, I'm waiting till the end of the season for prices to go up on that. Because then it's going to be a lot more limited. Because there's going to be less prices in circulation. That's the only reason I got into Supreme. I heard about it through memes and then I watched documentaries on it. But I never really care about the brand and I never personally owned any Supreme other than the keychain attached to my book bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and some stickers. But that's just, that just comes with it. So did you buy the stickers or did you just happen to get them? I mean, they're a free gift. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I, I like Supreme, but I only like certain things. And I'm just not willing to pay a certain price for them. Not even resale. Just, like... Just general retail, because I'm not willing to pay what is three hundred dollars for a jacket. That's retail for some. Uh, actually, that's retail for just a regular Supreme item, because the Motion Logo Varsity ran me three ninety eight without tax. But it's a good investment to hold because you. To hold and then sell it. Yeah, that's the only reason I use. I really, really use it, and I'm a business student. I I go to Baruch, so this is sort of teaching me the ropes of business you know in a different way but still it still has that same like a lot of the same rules apply um yeah so would you would i ever see you in like a supreme box logo never ever <laughs> ever ever the only reason because is be is that what does it really do for me it's a logo if i really love the brand which i don't mm-hmm. then yeah i would rock it but i don't i don't my my style is more minimalist, somewhat minimalist, and a little and a little bit of streetwear. Streetwear mixed with minimalist and business casual. That's my style, and even there, like I like to I, I like to make sure that it's stuff that I like. And the box logo is something I would never like. I don't know what it represents to everybody else, and I don't know why it demands such a high price point. Would I buy it to sell? Definitely, because one hundred fifty eight dollars. Multiple and then you sell it for eight hundred, six, nine hundred dollars is ridiculous. So, yeah, I would never wear a box logo ever. There's no point. Why would I buy something? Why would I? Why would I have something that I could get a grand over? Like, like literally, you could pay rent. I could pay rent with one simple T-shirt like that. So yeah, I would never ever wear a box logo. 
answer how did you get into it, but how do you get the stuff that, like, how do you buy your stuff? Bots, I line up. I can't line up this season because my ass got banned. What do you mean you got banned? I got banned. So explain, like, they were just like, they were just, like, they saw you online and they're like, yo, you, you can't come here anymore. No, 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 it's because of my dumb ass, because I registered and I was a no-show. And I even talked to them, I was like, yo, I have to go back to class and everything, so is it possible for me to miss them? And they were like, you get three chances. They fucking lied. I got one chance, and I blew it. But, but I should be able to still get the shit off on, on the internet, which is what I usually do. I usually do it. I I would never buy it for resale because because a lot of the I, you lose, you lose profit like that. Yeah, I usually just get in line and the internet that kind of stuff. I usually do it by myself too. Yeah. Have you ever went to Supreme before? Yes, I've gone to the store, like, I've, but I've never gone to like a drop. Cause I was just, That's like, different. Ridiculous. That's different. That's different. The drops are a lot more, a lot more um, controlled now. It used to be super crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a lot better now. I definitely like, it's just to me, I just I couldn't imagine myself when I see people standing online to get like the first iPhone when it drops the first day. I'm just like, I can't do that. I just can't stand online for something or can't for something. Just like Supreme and the iPhone, they want to be the first for some reason. It's probably because you get a lot of clout from doing that, being the first. That's probably the only reason why. I don't really see the point because I'm gonna get it eventually. I'm patient. I can wait. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this because I remember watching a video. Um, it was a thing. There's a famous store in Japan. There's like a big culture thing. Saw these Asian guys beating up a security guard because, well, in Japan, you have to have a Japanese ID to enter the Supreme Store. So they beat up like the Asian security guard because he didn't let them in. I, like, do you feel like like air begins to a point where you want to get violent or anything like that? Do you feel like those people give you like a bad reputation? Uh, I mean, I'm not a hype beast, so I don't even <laughs> fall in that category. And those are just kids fighting over fucking clothes. Fucking clothes on top of that. Anything that warrants you to harm another person for clothes, you need to get your ass arrested and sued for assault. And you should never, ever be allowed to buy... They're going to obviously buy Supreme no matter what I say, but at the very most, they should be arrested for that shit. Yeah, but don't shoot yourself in the foot like that. Like, if you see that they're not letting you in, you agitating the the security guard is going to do one of two things. Get you banned or get you arrested. Probably, in their case, he probably should have gotten arrested. And they definitely got banned. Because I'm pretty sure there's cameras in front of the Supreme Store. Yeah, they definitely was. But I was just wanting to know It was, like, really a weird thing. So uh, you, you talked a little bit more about it earlier, but what are the things you get and why do you get it? To flip, literally just to make more money. There's, what about the items that you keep? I store them to sell them later. They're like little investments. I'm, I'm guaranteed to make profit off of it. 
as long as I hold on to it and don't really touch it. Because it's like, it's, 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 it's my money, like all of my money and a little bit more just in an item. That's just how I see it. It's not like I really lost money by buying it. So it's like buying stock. It's, nice. it's, it's literally like buying stock. And I just use it just to sell it because I don't see the point in buying Supreme for myself. I don't, I don't need that that much clothes. But you don't just have to limit it to Supreme. You can everything. I mean, everything I did. Like, for example, you have the wave runners on. So, like, what made you keep those and not put those away and sell them? Uh, because I like them. Just in general. Literally, because I like them. If I like them, I'm gonna go for them. Mm-hmm. And if I stop liking these, then they're gonna be sold because at one point I had the blue tints, the belugas, and the zebras. And I sold all of them. Only because I didn't really care for the blue tints. I, I rarely ever wore them. I rarely ever wore them. I usually only wore the belugas to the gym. <clears throat> and the zebras, I sold them because they were going to restock in November. I bought a used pair. I might as well just sell mine and get a newer pair. I don't need to hold on to two pairs. I'm good with one because I can take care of the shoes good enough. And if they're fucked up, I can fix them. I just go for shoes that I like. Or anything that I like. I really can't put myself in a category. It's just literally if I, I could if I if I really really looked at myself and just you know decided oh this is more this style more of that yeah. style, but I don't want to pay attention to that. I just see what I like and I just go for it. Like recently I've been looking more into minimalist fashion and business casual. I feel like that's just because I have a lot of I have a lot of streetwear tees or a lot of graphic tees and I feel like that's a bit too much. Like when the Uniqlo cost collection dropped, I bought one of everything, almost one of everything. One hundred twenty dollars on T-shirts. It was worth it, but um, I think that's a sign that I should, you know, slow down. Not slow down. Just stop. Just stop because I don't. A quote that comes to mind when I talk about you know just streetwear is just this is why I say it's important just to buy shit that you like because there's a quote that says that you know fashion fades, style is forever. So I just try to you know. Just do anything that I like and, you know, goes with my style. I don't really give a fuck about fashion or what's hot right now. Because 20 years from now, Supreme might not even be what it is right now. It's crazy. Like, imagine back in the early 2000s. You, when the SB Dunks were fucking fire. Everybody wanted the SB Dunks. Niggas was horny for the SB Dunks. And the Pigeon SBs, niggas fought for them shits. Nobody gives a fuck about it now. Nobody gives a shit about it now. I mean, the Pigeons is still working. No, the pictures are worth bread, but like the whole, the whole, the whole SB dunk scene. Yeah, nobody cares about it. Nobody cares about it no more. So you know, that just goes to show that you know, doesn't really for me. That's why I try to focus on shit that I like because at one point, if I buy it for clout and it's not popping no more, I'm stuck with something first I can't sell and I have to keep because I can't return it, especially because it's gonna be old as fuck. As long as you like them. But it's just I have too many shoes and I just want to get rid of them. You could just sell them. No, they're beat up and used. Like you could probably sell them on eBay for little to nothing, but it's still something if you don't want them that bad. For me, I just try to buy a small list of shoes that I personally want. Mm-hmm. One of the shoes, the only few shoes I have left in the that I really want are the Chicago ones. The... Travis Scott Air Force Ones to Off-White UNCs. Maybe the Off-White UNCs. I'm not super big on those. 
Um, there was one more in there. I think that's it for now. Literally the Chicago ones and the Travis Scott Air Forces. Only because I like them. Jesus. And they're different in a, in a way that I like it. And the Chicago ones, they, for me, the Chicago ones just started the whole, the whole sneaker, sneakerhead trend. They start, they just kicked off this whole sneaker culture that we have. Which is a beautiful piece of history. And on top of that, they're fire, so I just love Jordan ones. That reminds me of the first sneaker I ever got. No, 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 no. The first, the first shoe I ever got was like the Jordan One Black Toe, and I sold it for a little bit of profit. It was a 2013 pair, so it didn't go for a lot, a lot, but it did go for something. Yeah. I don't. I like. I really love the red toes because I always imagined like, what if the black toe just had a red toe box? <laughs> and I remember seeing Rejuvenator do customs. And they and they um they did a bread toe custom and I thought that shit was so beautiful, and I bought the bread toes as a result. And the leather on them shits is beautiful yes, too. I, I like. I remember just reading so much about them and like how they changed the leather from that. Uh, what was it? They used the shattered backboard leather on that one, but more refined. I heard it was a little bit not as good. This I heard it was not as good as the shattered backboard, but I don't know. Um. I've skated with my bread toes on. It has a scuff near the toe box. Gives it a little bit of personality, if you ask me. I love it. Would I ever skate with them ever again? Definitely fucking not. But yeah. I don't know, I just like the bread toes. And I like how they look. And I recently got the bread ones. And I am in love with those shoes. seen this colorway I think it's the fragment ones I think that colorway is beautiful but I would never buy that pair it's too expensive two thousand dollars for a blue toe which is basically what I see this it's like a black toe but it's it's a blue toe mm -hmm. no it's not a blue toe it's like a blue iteration of the black toe yeah. it's not worth that price if they remade it that colorway which you could do with the game Royals because it's the exact shade of blue you just gotta color the the side panels um, black, and you're good to go. Well, it's not that simple. You gotta you gotta like repaint it and all that shit. Well, but you know what paint you could actually do it with the I don't know if you uh, remember these the lace mountains. You could do it with those, but uh, it wouldn't look as it wouldn't look as good. Yeah, and I yeah it wouldn't look as good. But I, I would have to I would have to see that. 
Because I can't imagine it. Because I don't think the Lance Mountains come. I know they start. Yeah. I, you, I mean, you could do it in a certain way where it looks like the fragment once, but that's really meticulous when I think about it. the resale market because if you're if you are one of the lucky few people who are able to get one of those pairs you could sell it for an insane premium which is good but at the same time it sort of it sort of it sort of disallows for you know people just getting pairs to rock and just you know it doesn't really give people the opportunity to buy just the shoes that they love and they have to pay insane amounts of money just to do it so it's sort of 50 50 I'm in between but what, it, what Kanye is doing is really, really good. Only because people who finally get a chance to wear what he wants finally get to. Because people really see Kanye as an inspiration. And they want to show his support by getting, you know, a pair of Yeezys. Which is understandable. Like, I'm glad he's doing the restocks. I mean, I didn't buy none of the cream whites, but I can't wait for the zebras. Only because that's my favorite colorway of the V2. Only if he brought, the back, only if he brought back the V1s. I'd be fire. Because I remember when the, I think it was the Yeezy 350s came out. Yes. The 750s. The, there you go. The those he definitely needs to bring back. I saw those and I was just like, it's not even that I think they're great looking shoes. I wanted them because he made them. And it was just like, let me show the support. Let me like buy something from someone who inspires me to make better to do better. Yeah, for sure. That's why a lot of people they don't buy, they buy it because of the person associated with it. Like that's why you know they ask Kanye to. That's why like Nike or Adidas would approach cele big celebrities because people would buy anything that they touch. Like Virgil and all of them people and all of them. That's part of the reason why they would. You know that's why it's a thing. And Kanye always wanted to make them, you know, a lot more available for the, for the, for the population. I remember, because I believe, I don't, I remember the interview exactly, but I should probably have done more research on Is this. it the Breakfast Club one? No, it was when he was talking about um, how shoes are made, how much money actually goes into making the shoes and everything like that, like good quality shoes. And I remember the comparison that they gave. I don't know if you remember these sneakers, but they're the Marlboro's. They used to sell them in like this college store, and they were like thirty dollars sneakers. And he, the whole, his whole thing was uh, the Nike companies and like companies make sneakers, and they only technically paying a dollar. Yeah. And he's making these sneakers that cost a dollar, and he's selling them for like thirty dollars. Twenty nine dollars in profit, and if you sell over a hundred pairs, you made a lot of fucking money. Not really, because that's business. That's profit. That's what you have to. That's how. The co that's what a company needs to do to stay afloat. It needs profit because when you think about it, um, like Nike isn't the only place that runs that business model. Theaters do it. Movie the like you know, a lot of the sin a lot like 
let's take the movie Get Out. Yeah. It cost three million dollars to make. It, it had a three million dollar budget. It made over eighty million in profit. It's all about you know that's how much money it takes to to create something, and then they just and then they sell it and then they sell it back for the price that they want for it. A lot of a lot of a lot of businesses, almost all the businesses follow that that um that practice of ma making something for a certain amount and then trying to you know make their money back and more. That's the point. So that way they never ever lose money and at the same time they make more. Uh, um, there was a term I heard from um, from theater class where they were talking about recouping money, where is where a lot of investors would put money into like you know Broadway plays, and then they would try to make their money back and more. That's how you sort of that's how you keep a business afloat. Because once you once you talk about that, it's not about you know scamming the customer. It's just this is this is what it takes to you know keep them afloat and you know push out more stuff. Because a lot of a lot of places do that. Even like YouTubers who, who have a Patreon, you know, some people will be like, oh, you know, why don't they just make content for us? Like it costs money to do everything. It costs money to pay the employers, costs money to pay videographers, costs money to do a lot of these things. That's why they have to mark up the prices. love that dude with a passion <laughs> I have a lithograph that he autographed on the way because he had it he had it on his um, in his store that motherfucker gonna get arthritis writing all those signatures so my shit better be real <laughs> I want that nigga with arthritis um, I fucking love the dude his music's bomb all of his music's bomb I sound like a sheep because I also am but I fucking <laughs> love his music why do you ask well, I asked that because, well, you have merch, and like this is this is just a topic just to bring up. Uh, do you feel that he cheated with record sales by adding his music when people buy his merch? No, it was a business tactic. It was a business tactic because Six Nine did it because Six Nine did it when he um Six Nine and Nicki Minaj did it. Like her name is associated when they did that um what was it Kiki? No Fifi. When they did Fifi, they did that exact same business practice, and. And then I remember a co-worker of mine telling me that it was because of Kylie Jenner that he got a boost in sales. But at the same time, when Kylie was dating Tyga, that motherfucker could even sell 2,000 units in his first week. Like, Travis Scott has a cult following, which yes. is something people don't understand. He was always really good at what he does. And, like, like he was on... He did, he, and he did work with um, Drake, Travis Scott... He did work with um, SZA. He did work with Miguel. He did work with a lot of celebrities. Like, like his, like his work speaks for himself. People put, because like, like that, that your question sounds exactly what Nicki Minaj says, and it's just like, I feel like she had a big ass ego, and she thought she was popping. So when Travis Scott came out of nowhere and just like took her spot like that, she felt mad, and she and she sort of undermined him as an artist when Travis Scott. He produces his own music. He writes his own songs. He does everything, almost everything. Yeah, he does. And then he directs most of his videos. He even taught Kanye how to use drums for his music. Like even though Travis Scott was Kanye's protege, Kanye depended on Travis for certain aspects of his musical career. Kanye fucking West. 
I don't know who depended on you, Nicki Minaj. So it's like every like like everything that he got from Astro was totally deserved. And even if even with that business practice, at the end of the day, it's a business practice. Well, I just asked the question because I wanted to know, but it makes sense for him to do it because he, his merch always sells out, and it's technically, like, it's, it's I wouldn't, it's a hype beast brand. I wouldn't you say it's a hype beast brand. You, it is, it is, because, um, all right. I would say there's a lot of hype around it, but I wouldn't say that it's a hype beast thing to buy. Because, all right, his tour merch isn't a hype beast brand, but Captain's Jacket is. Is it really? Well, I think so. Because, well, when it comes back to his merch, I believe it is made by Captain's Jack. And that's his brand. Like, that's his company. That's definitely his brand, and that's his record label also. Um, but, let's say, for example, like, did you buy Bird's, Bird's Eye View tra- uh, Bird's Eye View Sing McKnight merch or anything like that? Not really, because at the time, I was actually getting into Travis Scott, and I liked this music, but I wasn't heavy, heavy into it. So, like... You can still find merch that's being sold. Like, you won't find the regular merch, but you can find the collab that he did with Virgil being sold for, like, $300. Well, here's the thing. This was before Virgil was crazy. And just, um... This was before... Like, there's two things you have to factor in. There was hype into it. And when there's hype, there's going to be a secondary market. And people are willing to just pay whatever the fuck because they're so excited over it. And the reason why that has high resale value is because of Travis Scott and Virgil. Because now Virgil's at the top of the fucking game. And another thing you gotta realize is, um... It doesn't make it hypebeast because it has resale value. It's... Like, resale value isn't really directly associated with hypebeast, even though they're sort of colloquial. It's just that people really want to. People are willing to pay the insane markups just to get it, and I and I understand it. Shit, I should have bought that Virgil Abloh merch when he fucking had it with the Cactus Jacks and the Rodeo thing on. I should have bought that. I didn't want to because I was like, you know, my money. But I should have fucking bought it. I really should have bought it. I'm tight. You know, maybe it's because you're a Travis Scott fan, but I did not like that shirt. I didn't like it. I actually. Really, really, I, if I knew about that fact that there was like a New York, because there was a New York exclusive when we talked about this, yes. where it had the off white Air Force Ones on and off white Jordans on it, that, man, whew, I would have got him. I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't mind just showing love. And I, and I, I don't mind wearing it. It's mad cool. I like it. That's the only reason I would buy it. Yeah. I'm a simple man. I'm sorry. If I <laughs> no, like it, I get it. That's another thing. It's limited quantity, so of course it's going to be sold at a higher price, no matter what it is. I never, well, not almost everything, because I've never seen Drake merch go for resale. Other than the OVO 12s, nothing else ever went for resale. Yeah. Because that was a not only was it a collab, it was also an OG. Nobody's merch, other than like Kanye and Travis Scott, is like really that big. Because remember when Life of Pablo came out, and then Life of Pablo merch was just gone. Maybe it's because it was super limited. Maybe that's their practice. That's what they do. And because it's super limited, not many people can get their hands on it. People who do have it can sell that at a higher price. Mm-hmm. That's probably what's going on with Travis and um, Kanye. 
but I feel like that's Travis Martin's game because of the brands that he likes also. Maybe. Or maybe that's just something that he was taught from the inside. Maybe since, you know, Kanye does the same thing, he could have picked that up also. Well, he could have just, you know, he could have just done what Kanye did. And, or he, he could have just seen how other brands do their do their business. They sell limited items at limited quantities because it's smart for your item to have a secondary market because it will always guarantee to sell out. Maybe that's why he made it limited because you're, you're not, you're, you're guaranteed to always make profit and you're not going to have anything else in stock. That you're always going to sell out. Oh, definitely <laughs> fucking sign the shoes, sign the hat, sign the pants, and he would definitely sign a piece of my arm, and I would get that shit tattooed. Yeah, maybe. That second part is a little bit crazy. We might have to roll back on that one. I'm not that crazy. Um, he would definitely be signing some stuff of mine, for a fact. And if I'm lucky, I'm gonna try to get a picture with him. I don't even. I'm not even gonna post that shit on Instagram. I just want that for me. No, that's gonna be my wallpaper. <laughs> so the day I die. So I have this one question. This, um, as because you're a Travis Scott. That's an understatement, um, but yeah. <laughs> um, and stop trying to be God. Who do you think he's talking about? Because I've heard a lot of people tell me that they think he's talking about Kanye West and telling him like, hey. No, like, he's talking about himself. And he's talking about in general when it comes to celebrities who when they become big they develop a god complex and they forget to realize that when they became as big as they were that a lot of people look up to him because people like to assume that it's a kanye but you have no evidence to say that you're literally making a mountain out of a molehill where you're pulling shit out of your ass and making nothing up it's just it's a generic it's a it's a generic statement that applies to anybody who has a god complex and thinks that they're big and you know they're not careful with their actions like if you if you see the music video it makes sense mm -hmm. like he's a shepherd and the sheep are supposed to represent the people who follow him yes. and you know like i'm about to pull up the lyrics on genius <laughs> but like genius says it better than i do it's just you know not having a god complex or you know not letting the fame get to your head and you got to realize that you have people who look after you who are your role who you're their role models and it's like you know people take that the wrong way and they and they make it seem like they can do whatever the fuck they, they want and i think that's what he's trying to portray i don't think it's exclusive to kanye because we don't know the relationship between travis and kanye like that so we don't have no right to you know be like oh this and that or that and this because we don't know shit we don't know shit at all. Alright, we got a few minutes left before. Do you think we're ever gonna see a Yeezy Virgil Abloh collab? Or never. Never ever? First of all, Virgil is signed to Nike. Kanye signed to Adidas. Unless they somehow well, went. I thought Virgil Virgil has like a signed contract that he can only make shoes with Nike. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. No, I don't know. I don't know that exactly, but he's working with Nike. Kanye's working with Adidas. There's no way they can work on a shoe together 
I feel like it would violate some aspect of the contract that they both signed. Unless they were to do a completely separate thing, get their own factory and make their own shoes together with their own branding, then maybe. But it just depends on, you know, what they're able to do. Because their contract limits them. Like, Kanye can't even wear a Nike. He can't wear Nike. I mean, he doesn't want to wear Nike anyways. I'm pretty sure he would wear a pair of Chicago ones if he could. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. And you've never seen Virgil ever wear Ultra Boost or none of that shit. No, definitely not. It's part of their contract. That's how... That's how it goes, yeah. But it's not that he hates... It's not that he hates Nike shoes. He just he just hates what he just hate, he Nike just hate, he just him. hates what Nike did to him because he weren't they weren't giving him enough royalties because he wasn't an athlete. So and then like they made his shit really really limited. He didn't like any of that business model. He just wanted people to have fucking shoes. Yeah. So he just was out. Do you think he's like? Well, I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say, not the first one to do it. Do you think he's the first one who made it big? Who made it like popular? Like. Yo, these are the sneakers, and like they're coming out. Like, th- like these are the ones you have to get. It just naturally happened because of who Kanye is and was. Mm-hmm. Like, better, faster, stronger. That shit was fucking crazy. I saw that. I heard that song in so many goddamn movies. It, like, he's just a really skilled artist, and on top of that, people would want to buy it. And the fact that there was a limited size run that all sort of just came up together and made it like holy shit. You know, it would make them it would make them want it even more because they don't have it. And then because it became so limited, it became a status symbol, the equivalent of Gucci or Louis Vuitton, which made people want it more because imagine buying something for a imagine like the Red Octobers were at two hundred dollars and they were super limited, but if you had your hands on them, it's like it was a big fucking deal because you had something nobody else had. Okay. Alright. So I'm gonna wrap it up here. But I'm gonna I wanna end it with like five questions. No, not five questions, sorry. Tell me your top five creative people. You don't have to say a specific order. Travis Scott, Kanye West. But I was uh, going to say why. Like, why do you... I mean, it's sort of self-explanatory. Like, with Kanye West's repertoire for music throughout the years have been insane. Like, the, like, like you know, from when he started in graduation all the way to now... And shit, his new album comes out at midnight too. Holy shit! Like you, like I don't even need to explain how Kanye is really creative. His shoes, his music, his skill set. Dude, it's the creative director of Pornhub. The fuck? <laughs> like, like what? It's insane. He he doesn't limit himself, and even in his even if it's even in the way he thinks. Travis Scott, I just like the dude, so I'm a little bit biased. But I like his aesthetic. I like it a lot. It's really trippy. It's really space-like, and I like the whole, you know, the whole cosmic vibe. I like stars. I like space. You know, the idea of you know stuff bigger out there than us. That's the sort of vibe I get. It's sort of, sort of like when I when I listen to his music, it sounds cosmic in a way that you know nobody else is doing. Yeah. Which is really really true. A lot of people, they're not they're not doing the way they're not doing it the way that he's doing it. You could just hear it in the music. And the synthesizers on Stop Trying to Be God, holy fuck. Wait, was it the synthesizers? Um, scratch that part. But anywho, even in his shoes and his merch, he he does his own little twist on his own things and I just love it. And the shoes, they're beautiful as fuck. Cactus Jack Forest, beautiful as fuck. The removable swoosh isn't really new, but the holographic swooshes are something I've never seen. And I like mm-hmm. that. Um, who else? That's, That's two. Out of five, right? Yeah. 
I would want to say Virgil, but not really, because when he first started off, no disrespect, he literally took, like, other brands, um, you know, um, flannels, and just put his own brand and sold that at a, at a crazy-ass markup. It wasn't original, but it, that shit went for money, but that's not what I'm trying to, it's not really creative. I do, I do like what he's doing now with the sneakers, where he's doing this, actually, no. The only shoe that I would consider him creative is with the Jordan 1. Because it was like a deconstructed Jordan, which is actually really fucking crazy. Like a prototype Jordan, mm -hmm. which is the vibe that I got off. Yeah, you know what, Scratch Virgil, I don't really dig him like that. As crazy as that sounds. I don't feed into hype, that's why I'm saying this. <laughs> um, I can't even say Supreme. Supreme is not original when it comes to any of their shit at all. Um, who would be the third... Kid Cudi, maybe? I don't know enough. I don't know enough about Kid Cudi. I'm trying to think. What about uh, Tyler the Creator? I like his vibe, yo. I fucking love his vibe. The sh the shit that he has out, the music that he makes is extremely different from what we have now. And what about his clothing? I don't really pay attention to his clothing, but I do like his gold floor sneakers. Mm -hmm. But I like the vibe of his music. It's really, it's really suburban Cali. Gives me those kind of vibes. Gives me old school Frank Ocean. I like Frank Ocean's music. I don't know about I don't know how about his skill set, but it's Tyler the Creator, Kanye, Travis. Um, it doesn't just have to be celebrities, right? Nope, it can be Murakami, just Takashi Murakami for a fucking fact. Mm -hmm. I just I just love his whole his whole creative. Like if you just look at his artwork, it's fucking ridiculous. It mixes like Japanese contemporary Jap like traditional Japanese art with like modern contemporary avant-garde mm -hmm. and it's just it's just really really beautiful that's three who else do I follow who else can I oh Rodney fucking Mullen almost forgot do you know who he is I don't know he is the greatest skateboarder to ever live and if you were to see he created the flat ground ollie like he took the ollie which was initially, you know, not really impressive. Like the ollie that you see now was sort of cre was created by this person, and he created his own series of techniques on the skateboard. Like he took it to, like he took it to the absolute limits. Like he's done shit that may would make Tony Hawk's jaw drop, which it has. Um, definitely somebody that I fucking look up to because he just he just focused on skateboarding and just tried to figure out many many ways to skateboard, and it's. It's insane what he did with that. So Ronnie Mullen is definitely up there. Definitely for a fucking fact. Um, who's the last person? Creatives. I'm trying to think of somebody. Um... What would I see that I look up to? Oh shit. Let me see. If you don't have a fifth one, it's okay. I probably do. And you like Childish Gambino? I do. Shit, I'm gonna have to put him up there. I fucking love Gambino. And his repertoire because I've listened to his music all throughout the all throughout his progress like his like you know him progressing and oh and Kendrick Lamar, fuck. How could I forget? <laughs> Kendrick Lamar because like listening to Good Kid, Mad City, listening to Damn, listening to to Pimple Butterfly, you you hear his evolution as a rapper, 
you hear how he creative he gets. Even in the features, like he doesn't limit his repertoire, and he works with and, like he works with people. Like he just does, like like his range is insane. Even in the in Mona Lisa with um, Lil Wayne, like that was insane. This is gonna sound crazy. I actually didn't like that album. I didn't like the part. I like Mona Lisa. That's I all like, I, I, I like. I like the song Mon- he made with Travis Scott. But I don't want to distract you. Just finish explaining why you like Kendrick. Sorry. It's just his creative and his story. Like he just he he took his ambition and just made something of it, which is a generic statement because a lot of niggas who made it up there did that. But I don't know. It's just like you know he he was finding new ways to you know learn how to like rap, and you can listen to it and damn. You can listen to it. You can just listen to it in his music. It sounds really, really different. It doesn't sound like like his ranges is just it's fucking Kendrick. I can't really you can't you can't explain Kendrick. That's like trying to explain God. You can't. <laughs> that makes it for my five: Travis, Kanye, Travis, Kanye, Takashi, Rodney, and Kendrick. I like Logic, but you know he just spits a lot of bars. Yeah, I, I don't I see. Don't, I don't. I don't know what else he does. I stopped listening to Logic because he talks about like it's gonna sound like. You know, you're gonna talk about him being biracial. I yes, know where you're yo, going. that is so annoying. I don't mind it. You know why I find it so annoying? Damn. The reason I find it so annoying is just because it's like Incredible True Story is my favorite album by him, oh, and he didn't yeah. talk about biracial at all. Maybe he wanted to open up. Maybe he opened up a little bit too much. And I'm just like. Yo, I don't care if you're black or you're white. I don't care what you talk about. If you want to talk about this, that's fine. But if I don't want to listen to that all in all your other songs. I don't... I feel like... I feel like that's extremely incorrect because I feel like he had a few songs that talked about him being biracial and then people blew it out of proportions. He wanted to open up about himself to his fans and that's not something that a lot of people even have the balls to do. Have you ever listened to his... Well, not the new Young Sinatra, I think four or five, whatever it's called. But have you ever listened to his old mixtapes? Yeah. He talked about being biracial. Yeah. And like, I was like, okay, I get it. You're biracial. You have your issues. Nobody respects because you're you're more of a white passing biracial person than a black passing biracial person. Uh, like you have really light skin and you have blue eyes. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that because I remember in in high school. Uh, we 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 all uh, we examined the idea of race and what is race, and we actually figured out there was a social construct. And it's also foolish to say, and I'm totally calling you out. Yeah, go ahead. It's foolish to say that you know just because you look some type of way, you know, doesn't mean that you know you're not black or anything like that. Now that you said that, but it's just like that's what's sort of given off. He he's trying to he's just trying to he's just trying to um put emphasis on the importance of you know where he's come from because not a lot of biracial people are really a lot of them are ostracized and it's hard for us to really speak because we're not in his position and like imagine if you were black and you were also white like you were but you look predominantly black you could still say that you're white but wouldn't you hate it when you know you were you were you were being shitted on just for being or just happen to be born because that's just what your other half is like you have to look at it from his shoes he was he, like he identified with his black culture but people just because he looked some ter- certain type of way he wasn't accepting it to his own community his own community which is fucking ridiculous and that you know he really wants to emphasize the importance of being 
I'm not being biracial, but the idea that you know you don't have to look any way or another. But to give you an example, you listen to Drake, right? You listen to J. Cole. They're both biracials. They don't ever talk about their biracials. But they they were probably never bullied for it, or maybe that for them wasn't such a big deal. Because and I mean Drake, Drake is another story. <laughs> but my whole thing is just like, I don't want to hear that. I don't care about that. I want you to make good music. It is good music. Have you listened to Young Sinatra for? I've listened to like a few songs. I, I haven't gone into like into depth with it. Listen to all of it and come back to me, sir. I'm assuming he's not going to talk about biracial because he will. He will. He will. He will. He does it in last call. But it's not. That's not what, what that's it's not all what about. It's about. I know. And, and, and on top of that, in the previous one, there was like three songs that talked about you know at least him being you know a person of color. It was Black Spider Man, and there was like two other songs. Mm-hmm. And just people decided Did to... Did you ever listen to the song Caterpillar where he's on Royce the 5'9 song? And no. then he says the opposite. So, um, in the song, he's like, oh, um, why are you... Like, he, he's giving a reference of, like, what if it was the opposite? If he wasn't claiming that he was black and he was only claiming that he was white? And then somebody claimed, like, oh, how come you're not claiming your black side? And then they were, and then he's like, oh, I'm just white, 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 white. Like, why would you say that on a song? Who, who, like, why You'd would be you... surprised what what stupid things people say on a song but it's like you know everybody's a critic everybody's always going to say some shit or another because again i'm a logic fan but after everybody i was just like i don't i don't want to listen to you i don't want to buy your stuff i like when you made the incredible true story and you were like oh i got inspiration from this movie i got inspiration from what was it interstellar i got inspiration from uh cowboy bebop and i'm just like yo i like that i because you're going in a different direction you're taking me on a trip and it was just like, okay, you're telling me about your issues. I get it. Like, but he wants to focus, like his albums have been more focused on mental health, which is important regardless of anything. We're just a touchy subject that a lot of people don't like to talk about. He talked about like his biggest hit was that um, that um, feature with Bay, I mean, Alessia, Alessia Cara, where mm-hmm. you know it had the suicide number. Like, he, That song was great, but I can't sing that at a, con- at a concert. Now you definitely cannot sing that at a concert, but the message is important. Yes, and it's it not is always about important. turning up because Kendrick did the same shit. Like Kendrick constantly rapped about the shit that he did when he was a kid. Yes, but nobody ever gave him shit for it, ever. But they give no. I get it. I get it. Cause like they give everybody shit for logic because of what is it? He's biracial and they say he wasn't. He didn't grow up poor because of the way he looks. He didn't grow up poor. Like but I, I know that he had a terrible yeah. mom. I like, his was, mom would call him nigger even though he looks like a cracker. And then when he goes to school, um, they would tell him, like, oh, you're white, you're a cracker. But when he gets home, his mom would call him a nigger. Like, I know all about that. Like, I'm a, like I'm telling you, like, I am a big Logic fan. It's just, I, yo, at this point, bro, you gave me three mixtapes telling me about your biracial struggle. Then you gave me one al- two albums that you didn't really, like... Is this one- still a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You know what? Let's just end it there. The podcast, goddamn. <laughs> I'm going to end it there. This was not part cause... of the interview. <laughs> I had answered the five questions a long ass time ago. You definitely did. You definitely did. Holy I'm going to end it there. Uh, I'm sorry about uploading this podcast super late. <laughs> he was really aggressive. I think it was his podcast, not mine. <laughs> I hope you guys come back next week to listen. <laughs>